This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip. Very nice, convenient electric toothbrushes mailed to your home with brush head refills on a regular schedule. If you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you'll get $10 off your first brush head refill. That's tryquip.com slash thumbs. Boo-doo, boo boo What? No. Oh. Uh, that was an invalid dot, dot test. What about a normal dot test? Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. <sighs> Are my dots looking normal? Uh, I think so. They look like good old-fashioned dots to me. Classic dots? Red-blooded dots. Hmm. 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 Dots. dots. This episode is brought to you by Dots. By Dotson. <laughs> by Dodgson. <laughs> Nobody cares. Nobody cares. This episode is brought to you by Dodgson. Nobody cares. It's May 25th, 2017. And this is Important If True. From Idle Thumbs, I'm Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Hey, guys. Hello. Hi. Do you guys ever feel um, like a cartoon character who likes coffee a lot i have started really intensely this week my brain has like gotten into this mode where i will have a cup of coffee which i'm currently doing and then i'll be like man coffee is so good and then i'll start to actually i feel like the way in which i enjoy coffee is so stupid and banal i feel like i am like Kathy from the comic strip Kathy mm, or like the okay. boss from Office Space or like fucking Garfield or something like I don't know how to like process my reactions to it because it is the it is the lamest like way to enjoy something it makes me realize that that's where that whole t- type of character characterization in like low hanging fruit comic strips and stuff like that comes from being a boring adult. Yeah, it comes from being a boring adult where in a in a, a particularly in an age before the internet exists. So before you could get totally just jumped just, on just for, mocked having for that such being a your character trait. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's well, like very concerning to me. You're just Agent Cooper. Um you wish. Uh, you yeah, don't, don't experience <laughs> you do not experience coffee at a Twin Peaks level. No, yeah. The way that you get around that as a cool person is to start liking really nice coffee and talk about the intricacies oh, of coffee. That's so much worse. As if it's really I would as so if much it's rather, wine, Chris. I would, I would so much rather be Garfield or Kathy than that fucking guy, I think. Than endorsed equator coffee on this very oh, show. No, no, no. <laughs> oh shit. Oh no. No, that's true. Oh no. Instead, I'm just I drinking like both coffee you guys. out of a Larry David mug. Mm. Mm. I'm sorry to hear that you're Garfield and or, as you said, fucking Garfield. Uh, but, you know. I mean, I wouldn't say that I'm fucking Garfield. But you'd say you're fucking I'm Garfield. Sorry, I'm fucking Garfield. Yeah. That didn't sound <laughs> <any better. laughs> I'd say. I'd say. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, keep, keep fucking that Garfield, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 there is a weird existential issue in my brain about this and I don't mm. really I can't figure out how to verbalize the conflict hopefully in my it's brain. I'm not cool being said <laughs> over and over and over again to yourself yeah I mean at this point I think that's not, not that's cool a, that's a solved issue <laughs> that's, yeah and Nick Suck has down a, coffee meanwhile Nick also Nick has a drinking out of a mug with the it's fine dog this yeah. is fine dog on it so this is basically the least cool table yeah. that could be assembled. I'm I'm a panel <laughs> in this yeah. three panel yes. comic that is, yeah, yeah. Of, yeah. of shit. Anyway, um we hoisted ourselves last week. I disagree, but but continue. All right. So the I'm I'm fully on the side. Uh I think I can change your mind. <laughs> okay, well let's let's get into let's get into okay. our alleged hoisting. Yeah. Uh, I am not going to read a specific email about this because we got so many emails and tweets about this, but the incredible poop story that I told last week after it was told to me by the hairdresser that Nick and I share, which was in turn told to her by Nick Brecken, as Mm -hmm. we learned, 
after I completed the story, an incredible revelation. Um, that is apparently a uh, sort of infamous, uh, I guess, pseudo-urban legend. Yeah it's, yeah, it's known enough that it has a webpage on Snopes, which includes many of the narrative details of which, this story. Going back to like 2007, right, it seems. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and it's appeared now in entertainment in various places. It's been written into, it seems like, one or two like known, known TV shows like or sketch that. shows. YouTube shows or something. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's been mentioned in some podcasts as original content. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was, uh, we, you know, within, I would say, hours, minutes of the podcast being released, we, we began. Someone went, oh, it's that poo story. And yeah. then, and then you know, started hoisting us. Uh, yeah, By which I mean so, they started blowing us up with grenades. Right. <laughs> so you don't, we know what hoisted means, everyone. Um, but we're going to address that as well. Are we? Did I just pre-voiced? Well, okay, so this this is this is part of my evidence uh, that I'm going to submit. Oh, is this Nick Brecken against Snopes? Uh, yeah. Well, no, 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 no. I'm not attacking the validity of of of, of Nick the, v. Snopes of the, of the story. I'm only I'm merely try, attempting important to prove. Important if true v. Snopes <laughs> is uh, a, that's a real thing. No, anyway. I'm merely attempting to uh, to uh, I have an issue with the with the term hoisted as it pertains to this case. <laughs> Uh, oh my! Wait a minute! And I no no no! I I want you to read the the, the what somebody sent oh, in. Do you want to read about, the hoist on the subject? Well, of I mean, you can or I can okay, uh, either way. But 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 yeah, on the subject of hoisting. Right, Nick is introducing Exhibit A yeah. on the subject of hoisting by Luke Willis, who writes, "Hey thumbs." At some point while laughing too much about all the hoistings, I decided to look up exactly what a petard was, assuming it was a medieval article of clothing that lends itself particularly well to hoisting a dude. I was surprised to learn a petard is actually, quote, a small bomb used for blowing up gates and walls when breaching fortifications, end quote. When Shakespeare used hoist with his own petard as a metaphor, the visual image was someone being blown into the sky by an explosive they had planted themselves. Just thought you'd like to know that, in this sense, all hoistings involving one's own petard are actually self-hoistings. But it's also possible to be hoisted by another person's petard. Thanks for all the pods, Luke Willis. I would say that the important if true definition of hoisted is basically just slightly hubristic or totally uh, oblivious self-destruction, but maybe with a touch of believing that you know what's going on better than other people. Thank you for proving my point for me, Jake. <laughs> you are... Okay, first, let me just say, let me just say, textbook pre-hoisting is happening in front of our eyes by Nick Brecken right yeah, Nick here. Is who's dig- like, Nick let me is tell like, you why I am correct in Nick this tenuous situation. Nick is currently basically... Okay, this is what... Nick is whistling as he, like, merrily plants his petard <laughs> in a hole no. and is, like, cu- no. shoveling dirt over no. it. No. Like, watching a... Po- Watching his his foes approach, he's like, ah, I cannot. I will never get hoisted by this petard. <laughs> this petard is for those fellows yonder. No, so here's where I actually am. I'm midair. <laughs> I will admit that we are fully in the air. We we have been hoisted. All right. Uh huh. But I agree with Jake's interpretation, which is that I think if you can ultimately say that you were hoisted by somebody else, that the self destruction element. In other words, once you once you can trace the destruction back to another person, right. so I saying- think you, I, we're basically like Metroid, like rocket jumping our way up in the air by self hoisting after we've been hoisted. But I don't think that counts. <laughs> I don't think that counts. I think I think if you can trace it what back, we've been popped in the air by a by a, by a grenade. You're saying we got played by someone else? Yes. And then once in the middle of that explosion, launching right. us into the air, we're we chain we then, we then just like yeah, like yeah. to fuck up this analogy, we basically. Built a building uh, from there, not <laughs> knowing that we were already fifty feet in the air. Right. Yeah. Yes, exactly. We, we are, yeah, we are existing only on explosions. <laughs> so we've hoisted ourselves to the moon after uh, right. someone else hoisted us when they told yes. us that poo yeah. story, and we because, believed them. Because the original, the, so you know, I, I haven't, I haven't contacted the person that um, that uh, told me the story. Please I will, do. We need I will try. I will try. But um, oh, sorry, Exhibit A: the definition of hoisted. <laughs> exhibit B: original testimony by the person who told me this. Story. By the hoister. By the question. hoister. The alleged right. hoister. <laughs> oh. Alleged hoister? <laughs> I can tell you that I know for sure that uh, I didn't mishear the story when it was originally told to me. It was not told as in 
Uh, I read this chain email today, and it had this b- sure. funny story. It was about told it. to you by someone who likely believed. It was also hoisted. Yeah, I well, got this email or, that said FWD forward 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 R E R E forward hoisted. Right. <laughs> or I mean, so yes, it's it was either told to me uh, it, while that person was in midair, and I just didn't see them, <laughs> or. Or uh, it's entirely possible, knowing this person, that they were the original hoister, and they, having they having been, they read the story, the planet that they yeah basically well no no not the original oh, okay, not the original okay, of the okay, story okay, I don't okay. think that's yeah, the no, case let's, let's yeah. that's yeah. an back incredibly up, small the, percentage the, the chance. true yeah. original hoister um, is the person who hoisted themselves by leaving a poo in a house. Right. And then everyone says well, we don't know, we don't know if that's real. But, sel- yeah. This could have. We don't know if this, this story could have been originated that's true. as a tale of self hoisting or as an intentional hoisting of everyone to come. Right. right. That's right. true. Anyway, so Nick, you're just saying a domino per- effect of explosions just right. crossing the globe. Ooh. Yeah. Ooh. Ho- yeah. Hoisted, hoisted, hoisted <laughs> as like the population. A guy says hoisted whenever right, anyone yeah. gets hoisted. Yeah, yeah. I, I got that. It's yeah. you know, <laughs> it's, yeah, it's quick. picked up on that one. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's a wave file, and they can one and yeah. one oh, yeah. play at a time. <laughs> yeah, I understand. Uh, yeah, so that's it's either that that person was hoisted themselves, or I, I, it is entirely conceivable to me that this person read that story and then assumed it, intending to hoist other people with it. Right. So, like, I sure I there I I suspect that's the case, but I will I will find out. Either we way, we don't. Yet, either way, we were not hoisted. We don't yet know how far high up in the sky we are at this point. Right. We could be we could be on the standing on the shoulders of hoisters going. Entire down. civilizations have been right. built on top of this hoisting, yeah. and they don't know it. Yeah. yeah. But it's all going to come crashing down. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it already has thanks to Snopes.com. Mm-hmm. Chris, what was the thing oh, that man. you made a fake Snopes for? God, what did I make a fake Snopes Back of? to the Future. Oh. I just remembered that. As the, yes. The, oh, it was the yeah. Marty McFly. Yeah. Yeah. I once made a fake uh, website, <laughs> website <laughs> that was... Um, it, that I was modeled exactly on Snopes. I registered the domain Snopes.info and, uh, and I made a website that mis... Intentionally mischaracterized the date of Marty McFly's, um, like what Back to the Future Two time it's, it, travel. Yeah, the day that yeah, he goes they back go to, to Back to the Future in 2015. Right? Yeah. yeah, and I and uh, it was on the day that it was actually. Oh, you're like, no, well, guys. Was I was like, don't yeah. fall for this common prank that right. today is the day Marty McFly went Back to the Future. It's not today. It's like some other completely different day. And I made a fake Snopes. For it that looked completely real at the domain snopes.info. I replicated the same URL scheme that they use. Um, I made it as completely convincing as I could, and it spread like wildfire on the internet instantly. And then I was involved in a like weeks long <laughs> battle with the. <laughs> The actual Snopes website, who contacted me through LinkedIn because I, they couldn't find any other way to contact me, and I ignored them for quite some time until they threatened me with legal action, uh, demanding to get the page taken down. And then once they did that, I said, oh, "Okay, don't worry, I'll transfer the domain uh, domain name over to you," which I then did not do. And they eventually, like, actually filed an injunction or something against the company that I registered the domain name with and they just took it by force. So I eventually much, I, after much protestation, I was hoisted by Snopes. Um, but I had perpetrated quite a hoisting, I think leading up to that point. I remember, they were really stern with you for a while, and then when they realized that, like, oh you yeah, that had, I had a bunch of Twitter followers, they're like, oh, you have stuff? like a bunch of Twitter followers. Like, I was like, we should have known that it was a joke, but actually, legally, we're stealing the domain name without yeah. telling you now. Ha <laughs> <laughs> ha! Yeah, yeah, they got really like they they got much more placating once they mm. realized that I was like. Not did, that it matters. Like I'm not right. like, a famous person. At did all, you reply right? with to all of them with like it's it really sucks you guys did this today, the day that Marty McFly <laughs> went back to the future. <laughs> oh, I should have. I like, didn't even I, think about it. Is there any footnote in on Snopes relating to this? Like, is there oh, any? Is there any? I don't, think, there so. any, I don't I think, think so. I think they hated of, that this happened and did right. not ever want to acknowledge okay. it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. They were really mad. Uh, do you guys want to do an email? Yeah. Sure. So Patrick writes. I started watching watching 13 Reasons Why, and one of the things making me feel super old is that so many of the high schoolers have tattoos. One girl has sleeves, neck tattoos, and a chest plate. Is this a thing in 2017? It's a good thing I wasn't allowed to get a tattoo in high school because I could have had Jim Morrison on my bicep right now. If you got a tattoo at the age of 16, what would it have been? Um, I think following my 
opening remarks about my like Garfield related coffee insecurities, I think it is safe to say I and probably we are the least appropriate people to ask about authentic teen behavior in 2017. Yeah. That is about, the, I think, as far from our core competency at this point as is possible to get. We got owned by a chain email. We are officially <laughs> fucking old. Oh, my God, you're right. Oh, <laughs> Super wow. old guys. Yes. That is, oh, wow. <laughs> we reported it as fact. <laughs> We spread fake news <laughs> on our podcast, uh, on our podcast, yeah, <laughs> on know, our yeah. audio podcast, on our radio show. I'm very glad I didn't get a tattoo when I was a teen because, I, I mean, I can very much relate to uh, to Patrick's sentiment here because there is a 1,000% chance that if I were the kind of of person who would have, you know blatantly disregarded the clear ex- extremely strong desires of my parents that I not get a tattoo had I counteracted that those wishes I I definitely would have gotten like a huge tattoo of like the fallen angel from the Led Zeppelin album cover like it definitely <laughs> would have been fu- some fucking garbage like that it would yeah. absolutely have been the most like that guy crap it, I, I had a oh, in my the, the odds that I would have that I would actually like maybe have a Macintosh computer on my body <laughs> oh, man. if someone was like you have to get a tattoo and I'm like oh no uh, yeah. Just the classic icon, the classic I was say Happy the icon, Mac icon. Yeah. If I had a little pixel art Happy Mac tattooed on me that I got in high school, I would actually be proud of myself. But it would probably be like that, that shitty smiley finder icon. What if I had a Steve Jobs face that I then tattooed <laughs> an RIP on later? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> that, the, the Happy Mac icon would have aged better than what I would have gotten. I mean, I like, because then you could now be like, uh, funny like slightly ironic cool geek yeah. guy which is a very cool thing in the culture where I definitely would have just had some you would have the tattoo that classic even r- 70s classic rock yeah. like re- you know I think yeah. Brock burnout. Sampson on the Venture Brothers has that tattoo and he's oh, like you're right. he's like the biggest most ripped dude in the world but even every character on that show gives him shit for having a Led Zeppelin <laughs> angel tattoo yeah that's god I wasn't even thinking about that yeah 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 I had a I had a a handmade this is so i this is so horrible to like uh, just talk about not because it's like a bad thing morally it's just so embarrassingly lame i had like a handmade printed out poster in my dorm room that said jimmy page is a god and had like this (laughs) photo of jimmy page like playing his guitar with one hand yeah just i that's that's (laughs) i'm just contextualizing like my my extreme, yeah. extreme gratitude mm-hmm. for not having gotten a tattoo at that age. Good, so, good work. Yeah, yeah you, you made did. it out of being you, that you team uh, <laughs> yeah. successfully. Oh, yeah. Nick, what's what your tattoo? Um, it probably would have been one of two things. It might, it might have been something close to what Chris said. Oh, uh, really? Because I, well, I, I was really into that. Zeppelin and, and Pink oh, Floyd. I didn't Pink know Floyd, that. especially. I was obsessed with Pink Floyd. Oh, yeah. yeah I had the, an era the there prism, where it was just like the prism, burn CDs, yeah. just like stacked and just listening to Pink Floyd and Led Zeppelin all our, the time. Our friend Cable Sasser recently posted on Twitter. What is what was your first Amazon.com order? Oh man. And I looked mine up and it mine was in two thousand and it was Dark Side of the Moon by Pink Floyd. Yeah. Um so yeah, I mean That's, I and that was when I was sixteen. That was right. literally that age. I was obs- I was probably alt- I was f- obsessed with Led Zeppelin before Pink Floyd, but became ultimately much more obsessed with Pink Floyd mm-hmm. even than I was yeah. with Zeppelin. Yeah. yeah. So that guy definitely It would have been that or probably uh something really embarrassing like like a Japanese kanji that oh, just no. says like cool or you know what I mean? <laughs> like something <laughs> stupid like that. Like yeah. I completely would oh, right, buy there, there's the other that in the, er, the early aughts like <laughs> oh Japanese culture exists so I'm gonna get a fucking right. letter yeah, that's true. The, make the myself very, cool. The variant like, of this yeah. is instead of any of us actually feeling like we have the agency and self confidence to go to a tattoo artist and say put this nerdy shit on my body yeah. you'd instead be there with some friend who pressured you into going and you'd go oh this and you point at like a shitty right. yeah like random symbol in a language you don't understand or like an right. icon of a sun or something that's yeah. now just like on your body because it was in the book like this is the least yeah. offensive thing yeah. that I oh geez <laughs> the best tattoo I think that I have ever seen that I wish was on my body was on <laughs> it uh, could be on 
it would be very easy to make. Uh, our friend Sean oh, had, had a friend who seems to have gotten drunk. This was a friend? I thought oh, it was just an acquaintance. Just it, was like, it was like a friend okay. of a friend of a friend who he encountered at some at some like social <laughs> gathering, uh, who had gotten drunk near someone else who had a tattoo needle and professed to know how to use it and requested that that person oh just write the name B.D. Wong <laughs> on the middle of his leg. So it's tiny. It looks like if you like write on like a little small post-it note to be like just like lucky charms or you know like you're writing yourself like a little note to go to the store it's like that type of handwriting and that size so it's like tiny on a person yeah. and it's like in the middle of their like upper like, shin or yeah. something oh, and it just it just like in someone's handwriting says bd wong <laughs> and that's it like jesus wow like oh if that was if i ever got a ta- like i can't now because that guy has it yeah. yeah and i would never think of it like i'm not a good enough person to come up with that as my wish <laughs> fuck if i had a mid-leg tiny barely legible bd wong that looked like i got bored and wrote bd wong on my own leg with a ballpoint pen that would Permanently. be yeah but it's there forever oh what a good i'm sure that guy regrets it but like but you what, don't what yeah. we, i don't regret that he you has it no that guy has God, it that bd wong yeah. tattoo we tried to find that picture yeah sean was digging yeah. through his through his phone trying to find it we couldn't find it yeah but i've seen it too i can verify too this is a real actual thing man that's incredible yeah yeah Moving on, we have an email from Kala. I'm certain that's an incorrect pronunciation. Uh, But this person writes, I'm about to make my first guest spot on a fairly popular Swedish movie podcast in which I will be discussing the career of Bruce Willis. At first, I thought this sounded like fun, but now that the date is rapidly approaching, I am feeling performance anxiety. Will I be funny enough, informed enough? Will I have chemistry with the three regular hosts, one of whom I am friends with? What are your tips for someone like me? What did you learn or realize in order to become good podcasters? What do you want from a guest on your podcast, especially if it's someone you don't know all that well? Thanks to all of you for providing lovely nonsense that pleases the ears on a weekly basis, and I'm greatly looking forward to the return of Twin Peaks Rewatch. All the best. Kala from Sweden. Twin Peaks Rewatch has returned. I don't really know how to be a good podcast guest or podcaster in general. I will say that in something I have had to overcome to try and be a better one is to become the kind of person who's comfortable admitting that he struggles with Garfield related coffee insecurities and admits to surely the like alternate universe in which he got the Led Zeppelin angel tattoo on his back. Uh, That is not, (laughs) those are not like self revelations I would have made a decade ago. Um, I don't know that that's what is needed on I'll, like Bruce Willis. You have to admit that you really, pro- really enjoy Die Hard Two. In other words, <laughs> you have to you have to be comfortable mm. enough to say that Die Hard Two is the best I've of the, never the seen best Die of the Hard series. Two. Yeah. When he says, "At first, I thought this sounded like fun, but now that the date is rapidly approaching, I'm feeling performance anxiety." <laughs> that is Welcome how I feel. All of it, literally all every podcasts. single week, yeah. every every <laughs> single time. Even in like so after we record a podcast is generally the time like when we press stop on the recording software that is the point at which i am most enthusiastic about recording a podcast when we've just finished recording a podcast and therefore i have empirical proof that i am capable of recording one that is the point at which my brain is like yeah recording podcasts oh that's never true for me the moment the moment after we record is when i'm like what a piece of shit oh i might think that that was terrible (laughs) we should throw everything we've ever made away yeah uh i should just be guests on other people's podcasts (laughs) no i don't know i i I see what you mean though i mean as we approach doing the podcast every week that is when i'm at my like most insecure and Mm -hmm. like confident that it's going to be a disaster um so i guess learn to live with that also yeah just assume it's going to be awful yeah just my advice is my, it's going to be terrible. Is like you and the your uh, abilities are garbage. Yeah, just be fine. Admit that you're garbage. Yeah. and know that it will be bad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think knowing when to knowing when to talk, knowing when to listen mm-hmm. until yeah, the host hard. is done talking, knowing when it's actually correctly the appropriate time to like jump in with your aside and what you're going to say is a thing that 
I still suck horribly at, and it's actually the thing that I kick myself the most for. But when I'm good at it, either as a host on a podcast or a guest, I'm really proud of myself. When I don't step on other people to get my own stupid idea in, which the moment I start talking, I realize is a stupid idea and that I've just blown uh, everyone else's (laughs) conversation by insisting that I be a part of it. And like, you know, or alternatively waiting until it's my turn and having something that I've thought about for a second to say and then being able to say it in a in a normal sounding precise way mm. um, that's also advice that I should probably keep for all social interactions <laughs> <Like>. <laughs> all conversations but uh, unfortunately I'm a person who compartmentalizes all these different things into slightly different modes and it takes a long time for it to bleed over out of one skill set and into another so yeah. I'm probably a terrible conversationalist and an alright podcast host because I actually think about being a podcast host just carry a microphone around with you everywhere you go and always be recording yourself so you're always on a podcast and then also <laughs> always be live streaming it to the world. So you're saying be a millionaire like next week. Because yeah, I'm be, pretty sure if I started doing that, that's Justin. what would happen. TV. Yeah. Yeah. But like two. <laughs> no one's done that with audio, have they? That would be fucking weird. That, that would be, be so much weirder. It would be creepy and boring version. also. Yeah. It would be creepy and boring. It would be creepy and boring <laughs> and intensely fucked up. Yeah. 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 But maybe it would make you a better conversationalist. Maybe. Maybe it would make me get beat up in public. If someone's <laughs> like, why are you recording everything? Who are you talking to? They wouldn't know. They'd figure out that I was doing something weird because I have a microphone. Oh, make it hide it, though. (laughs) We'll see. (laughs) I think that I would get beat up, and Uh then it would also have the – it would work in a roundabout way because I just wouldn't want to do podcasts or talk to people anymore. (laughs) (laughs) You you haven't interrupted anyone ever since since you started this process because they keep kicking your ass and you stop talking. I'm dead now. This is terrible. (laughs) This isn't useful at all. It is. The part that I said before the part where I kept talking. Also, know when to stop talking. That's really good advice. (laughs) Like, no, when you said your piece and you're just rambling on and on and ruining the episode that you're on. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is be incredibly self-conscious, but just not quite to the point that it cripples your appearance on a podcast. Like, walk that line real close, though. This episode is revealing how what disasters we are internally more than ever before. I kind of, I'm getting to the point where it's maybe getting too, too (laughs) self-revelatory and it's starting to make me uh, distressed. I'm fine. (laughs) (laughs) Also, the entire time you were saying that, I was so intensely conscious of not interrupting you. I was waiting for you to (laughs) slam an interruption on top of me. Just, uh, but instead you were too worried about it. I was too worried about it. It's true. Mm. Yeah. I constantly wish I could take habits that I try and cultivate on the podcast into my life. I mean, I totally relate to that. Um, I'm so much more aware of my verbal tics when I'm on a podcast than when I am just speaking with someone, mm-hmm. uh, which is bad because I already abuse too many of the, I already say like too much, for instance, mm-hmm. on a podcast, which makes me think it's probably uh, catastrophic when I'm not on a podcast and I'm not actually incredibly self-aware, you know, of what I'm saying. Yeah. So, uh, I'm always aware that I'm making up the sentences. I'm in the middle of saying it on a podcast and I'm barely going to sail to the end <laughs> of it intact. Yeah. And You're like, just log rolling. Yeah. But, yeah. oh man. So in real life, I mean, I just fall over, trip over myself about every three sentences. Mm-hmm. And physically. And physically. I can't walk backwards. If Is I walk that true? Back, if I, I, I literally can, but if I do, I think I usually average about 10 steps before I fall over or trip on something wow. or run into something. Like, Interesting. Huh. I just find things. Like, if I walk backwards, I'll find, the, like, the treasure. I'm the idiot we, character yeah, in, like, an 80s movie. <laughs> I, uh, I'm, the sh- I'm, like, the, the stupid, klutzy, fat kid who then, like, backs into who either... opens the, the secret passage. Right, yeah, or, like, steps on the button that damns everyone, but then it turns out it comes in handy, and it's a good yeah. It's good because I, like, I found a stupid Goonies trash, but usually, like, <laughs> there was, like, uh, when I... I found this Goonies DVD. <laughs> <laughs> I think this will come in handy in solving the mystery of the Goonies in which we are currently embroiled. <laughs> They're in the Goonies reboot where they do find the Goonies DVD, and it oh, is the yeah. thing that they have to play to learn how to solve oh, the puzzle God. because they're a bunch of kids who never saw Goonies. Is that real? Because that just sounds totally plausible. Uh, it's real because I'm a millionaire now because of that idea instead of my <laughs> previous idea of recording my audio as of me getting beat up. <laughs> All right, let's take a break. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> What? I became a millionaire twice already on this episode. I Uh I don't want to stop right now. This episode of Important If True is brought to you by Quip, electric toothbrushes uh, with brush head refills every three months. So your brush heads are always brand new, not splayed. 
and flayed. Although, as a follow-up to this, on the forums uh, from user Jambe, they said, y'all introduced me to Quip. Um, I used your URL for the refill discount, and I quite like the tool. Chris said, thanks to the refills, our bristles won't be frayed, flayed, or pooched. In fact, they're supposed to be frayed, though I can't speak to flayed or pooched. Uh, Brent Ben Krasnow of Applied Science and Valve, Google, etc., took some neat before-after images of new and used toothbrushes using his own scanning electron microscope. I watched this video. It is a crazy thing. New brush heads. The bristles actually are like frayed and ragged, and that is intentional. That's why they have because that good feel on your teeth, right? Yeah, they actually of... scrape the plaque off. Yeah. And the more you use your toothbrush, the more you basically <clears throat> polish down the uh, hair, the bristles on the brush head to the point that they become basically perfectly smooth cylinders. Mm. And so after you use your brush head for a while, uh, what happens is they get much less effective at cleaning your teeth because they've been essentially sanded down by both by the toothpaste. The toothpaste itself is abrasive, and so it actually also sands down the uh, the bristles, but and it makes teeth. them yeah. less effective. Yeah, they just sort of just wipe over your teeth instead of actually wiping stuff off of them. Mm. Totally crazy, um, f- counterintuitive fact. So you get a new brush head refill from Quip, and then you've got it, that frayed. It's so bristle. pooched. It's just pooched and frayed, bristling. It's downright gross. <laughs> if you go to what a savings it is. <laughs> if you <laughs> if you go to tryquip.com slash thumbs, you will get ten dollars off your first frayed brush head refill. Get that plaque off your teeth with those frayed bristles. Tryquip.com slash thumbs. This episode of Important If True is also brought to you by Twin Peaks Rewatch. Wow. Yeah. They shelled out for this. Mm-hmm. This is a show that Jake and I do. We did do it for, I think, like almost, a, a year. almost a year. Yeah, yeah, we rewatched every episode of Twin Peaks, seasons one and two, had a couple follow-up sort of finisher episodes about some assorted materials. And now that Twin Peaks is actually returning for a third season. It has returned by the time you're listening oh, to this. That's true, actually. By the time you've listened to this, there are already four episodes to watch. Yeah, because Showtime put four up at once. Yeah. So if um, so, we're following that along. We At the time we're recording this, we haven't yet um, seen any of the new season. So we don't know what it's like we yet. We don't know what it's like yet. But uh, it's up now, presumably, at TwinPeaksRewatch.com. And we'll be just following it every week until season three has concluded. And I'm yep. really excited about getting back into it. I had a ton of fun doing that podcast for the original run. And I'm looking forward to do it again now. That's TwinPeaksRewatch.com. All right. We are back. I think we're back. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, uh, several people <laughs> sent us an amazing news item about the online sort of virtual world second life, which was weirdly mentioned last week in the context of uh, chicken VR. Yeah. Yeah. Second, what was it? Second, second livestock. Yeah. This second was, livestock was the term. wacky joke. Yeah. 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 Uh, second life is just a, it's just a virtual world online where people hang out and th- sort of, you can buy clothing and accessories and buildings and just all property property and land (laughs) all the things that you sort of can buy in real life except it's a wacky online world and one of the things that's referred to as wow (laughs) wacky online world and yeah if you uh, hear people talking about wow we're pretty sure that's what they're talking about mm, that's true the wacky online world anyway i got this email about poop in a bag uh, and then I heard these kids talking about, wow, mm-hmm. these tattooed kids. One of the things you can buy in Second Life is pets. And the what appears to be the sort of leading provider of rabbit pets, like bunny pets in Second Life, is called Ozimals. And they sell <laughs> in the way that like everything on the internet sort of is often seems to start with like the promise of unrestrained kind of democratized utopia but then just becomes sort of tawdry like nickel and dime capitalist nightmare uh of course the way that you actually 
these work is you buy the rabbit, but then you have to continually buy fake virtual food for it or the rabbit will like go to sleep forever. So <laughs> what is happening is this aftermarket bunny developer got hit with some kind of cease and desist, the nature of which is entirely unspecified. Okay. I don't know who is asking them to cease and desist. And because they don't have the resources to challenge this in court, they are removing all of their bunny products from the market, including the rabbits, their cartoonish birds called pufflings, and support for existing products like the food that is fed to the rabbits. In other words, if you already have a rabbit in Second Life, your rabbit will still be there, but you can never buy food for it again. After 72 hours of not eating, the bunnies go to sleep. It's so fucked up. Yeah, it's so fucked up. That is actually happening now as we record this podcast. The bunnies Today are sleeping all over the world. Yeah. Yeah. It was sleeping. They just yeah. I like, it was oh, Wednesday. No. It was Wednesday that oh this God. company like went out of you know took all their stuff off the market. <laughs> Seventy two hours after that is now. There, there's one exception, which is that you could buy up to an everlasting timepiece, which would make your rabbit never need to eat food again. So if you, before this happened- If you were a rabbit were whale. A, yeah, if you were a rabbit <laughs> whale and you made your rabbit immortal, your rabbit is fine mm. forever. But all of the just like shitty mortal rabbits are going, are, 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 there's a rabbit genocide happening in Second Life as we speak. What? <laughs> what is true? Yeah, I know. I know. It's it's sad in so many ways. Yeah. Number one, just capitalism. Yeah. Like the fact that you could buy your rabbit out of the system is incredible. Right. Is it? Oh yeah, yeah. No, it's amazing. Also, the fact that the company didn't decide like, okay, the rabbits are currently at rabbit version two point three. Right before we go out of business, we're going to put out version two point three point oh one. That turns the food off, like the right. like they just don't yeah. need to eat anymore. You yeah. can have your rabbit instead. The fact that they're like, well, we're gonna take all the effort to take the food off the shelves, and like we're gonna delist everything, and we're yeah. gonna push updates to remove all of our software, explicitly knowing that it will kill your pet. It's just life, Jake. It's just life, uh, except for the immoral rabbit. It's just please. life, <laughs> except <laughs> yeah. Uh, sorry, the people unless you've already us, paid us a bunch of money. If you've given us hundreds of dollars, your rabbit will be fine. I think the pufflings are also fine. I think the I'm not sure. <laughs> oh, the pufflings! Uh, pufflings yeah, I'm not sure if yeah. the pufflings are fine or not. Actually, oh, my God. <laughs> just me strangling. Are the pufflings okay? <laughs> it's troubling because Second Life for all of the for all of the shit that everyone gives Second Life because it's such an easy thing to make fun of. As oh, just, you mean because it's a capitalist dystopia in which all bunnies have been sent to, yeah. to death hours ago? The problem is Second Life. Like we're living in that capitalist dystopia as well. It's just we just don't know it yet. I think. Oh, you know what's interesting? If you, um, by if which you, I mean my food is DRM, then I'm going to die tonight. <laughs> the the immortal rabbits are are rendered sterile, so they can't breed. <clears throat> only mortal rabbits can breed. So another. So in other words, like not. Wait, only, so the rabbits could be kept alive by just. Breeding like crazy! Oh get, my god! If they get breed, those rabbits going right no. now, they they only get seventy two hours. Oh my god! To, to bone oh no. and give birth. <laughs> oh, oh, so what a disaster! Their, spe- their, their species has changed. The rules have changed. Oh, because the immortal the immortal rabbits right now can give birth. No, they're no, sterile. No, never. In order to oh, okay. make your rabbit immortal, you have to also accept that they will be sterilized, right? And cannot breed. This right. Is- Otherwise, you could, I guess, just keep breeding immortal rabbits. Yeah, I, and, well, that's yeah. weird. Why wouldn't they just? Why wouldn't they just give birth to mortal rabbits? Because I guess what the is the lore here? Don't exist anymore. I, no, he means Chris means they've always been sterile, right? Yeah, the immortal rabbits. In order to ever have right, 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 right. Yeah. I'm saying, but they wouldn't give birth to mortal rabbits, though. Why not? I, I mean, this is all just made up. Some people just fucking yeah. made all this shit up. They could have made it do anything. What, it doesn't matter because all of these rules could just scroll by at the opening of like a John Carpenter movie or of like <laughs> Logan's Run or something where it's yeah. just like yeah. without food you only live for three days the food supply was cut off when the company yeah, the went out, when they went out of business <laughs> yeah. some some are immortal bankruptcy. but they cannot breed yeah. <laughs> and then it's just like okay go <laughs> yeah <laughs> 
that is actually a totally like fucked up premise. If they were people instead of rabbits. What? You have three days to fuck and then give birth to a child. That's not that. <laughs> I mean, that is just a more extreme version of Logan's run. Yes. Yeah, I guess I guess they, they would. Ha- it wouldn't be. They wouldn't be like bred. Literally, they would have to be clones or something. Mm. You know what I mean? It would have to be some weird thing where, like, you pop out as a clone, but you have a full lifetime of memories before that. But you only have you three have three day- days to breed. Yeah, I guess. Be- <laughs> <laughs> I guess I okay. I guess it doesn't translate hundred percent. No, it's easier when it's a cybernetic rabbit that's made of polygons that you can just choose its requirements. Yeah. I feel like there is a weird pitch in there for. I'm going to say it's bad. Also, just the, the straight up simplest thing is if you are anyone who's been keeping your pet bunny alive in Second Life for all this time, it's got to have been a long that time. That sucks, like, yeah. When, when was the last time anyone cared about Second Life? If you're someone who does care about Second Life, you care about it dearly. So for them to be like, eh. uh, we got a note from a lawyer and we got to take the bunny food off the shelves. Yeah. What a weird decision. What a weird, or rather, what a weird way to execute this decision. To execute these rabbits, I mean. <laughs> in this case, though, the bunnies will just be asleep, taking up space in Second Life forever. Do you, do the yeah? Because they're not actually dead. They're oh, they're not going to fade away. Hibernating. So there's just going to be bunny corpses. Well, littering. I wonder if you can destroy them. Can you cremate your? Hibernating, that's the lead character. Can you of cremate that, your uh, hibernating the pet rabbit film. alive? I don't. I don't know. You, yeah, you could probably bury it alive. They're technically not dead. That's what you tell your fake kid in Second Life. That's what you tell your fake robot kid in Second Life who you're desperately hoping uh, their fucking Gerber fake baby food doesn't stop being sold. They'll probably become commodities. I imagine somebody just collecting, collecting hibernating rabbits. Oh, maybe it'll become an economy. It'll become the, the hibernating rabbit economy. Where you know, <laughs> that's true. You know what? No, it's I've, got fixed, 50, yeah, it's, it's, it's I've got fifty. Fair enough. I've got fifty pink a, ones. Uh, you're right. If a, you can't add supply. or remove any from the game, right? Yeah. that is totally could become a New secondary currency. economy. Yeah. New yeah. currency, sleeping rabbits. Yeah. <laughs> Right. What do you do? This is a this is a, an indestructible rabbit. This isn't a sleeping rabbit. What are you trying to pass <laughs> off on me here? What is this, huh? This is a live, immortal rabbit. This rabbit's fucking jumping around. If it woke up, oh I mean, it, it couldn't even have sex with another rabbit. This is sterile. <laughs> uh, the, you know, they're trading them on the promise that one day they might wake up and then give them more rabbits. That's why right. you want to keep them. Oh, right. man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's, like a, it's yeah. an investment. In case someone yeah. hacks okay. the rabbit food infrastructure. <laughs> right. Weird. Yeah. yeah, in case the rabbit food gets a worm. That took me... What? <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, I guess moving on here. We have a follow-up to something that's been mentioned. I endorsed, what, two weeks ago maybe? I endorsed photic sneezing, the phenomenon of sneezing when your eyes are exposed to sunlight, something that I have... Although apparently not as as intensely as some people have it. For me, it only really works if I already am having the little inklings of a sneeze. Mm. And you can look at something very bright, right? Yeah. And then if I look at the sun, or I, I guess in theory a very bright light, um, I can coax it out. I've gotten really good at like coaxing out the sneeze. It's sort of like a it's sort of a skill. Um, but apparently some people have cool. this really intensely. So Ben writes, I'm a PhD candidate in neuroscience and a photic sneezer. I can confirm the photic sneeze reflex, reflex is definitely real, although understudied in the medical literature, mainly because it's not harmful in any meaningful way. As Nick mentioned, it seems to be hereditary, and the most convincing putative mechanism for it is a genetically based unintentional crossing of the trigeminal nerve, which controls facial sensation and the optic nerve. Thus, any bright light source, not just the sun, can be misinterpreted as an irritant to the nasal mucous membrane triggering a sneeze. Photic sneezing is also known as autosomal dominant compelling helio-ophthalmic outburst syndrome. A chew, because scientists are dorks. Boo! Boo! A phenomenon related to photic sneezing is the stomach sneeze reflex, which induces sneezing when full, such as after a meal. This syndrome is amusingly called snatiation, a portmanteau of sneeze and satiation. No! No! In some, Chris is not crazy for believing in photic sneezing. Why is that poo story fake, but that is real? <laughs> I, I don't know about the world. Okay, that is all amazing facts. We have a, another email from I'm, Super Sneeze Man who writes... <laughs> God damn it! 
<laughs> Both my mother and father have this response to sunlight, as do I, but worse. When I go outside on a bright sunny day, I sneeze a minimum of three times. Contrary to what Chris said, I can easily sneeze from a bright indoor light as well. It even happens that when I am in a dark room late at night and open Google.com, the bright white webpage makes me sneeze. Over the last couple of years, I have also developed a case of sexually induced sneezing. Sin? He, uh, hmm. The sin. There's no N. Uh, meaning whenever there is something sexually arousing. Yeah, the acronym he's looking for is SIS. sis. Uh, We're uh, not going there. Uh, meaning whenever there is something sexually arousing, <laughs> there's also a tendency to sneeze. I enjoy the feeling of sneezing rather than suppressing it, so I do consider these afflictions a superpower. Keep up with the great podcast. <laughs> Regards, Super Sneeze Man. I, how do you, I how don't do you pair know this. those two pieces of information? I can't even begin... To imagine, I there's a definition of this as early as 1897 in remarks before the British Medical Association at a meeting in Montreal. When reports the case of a man who, well, <laughs> when reports the case of a man who, when prompted to indulge in sexual intercourse, was immediately prior to the act seized with a fit of sneezing. Even the thought of sexual pleasure with a female was sufficient to provoke this peculiar idiosyncrasy. Another possible explanation concerns the existence of erectile tissue in the nose, which may become engorged <laughs> no. during sexual arousal, triggering a sneeze. Uh, so, good facts. Uh, yeah. All right. Well, I'm just going to throw it out there that Nick's former coworker definitely left a poo in a house. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there isn't a world in which that didn't happen at some point, but all of this does yeah. yeah well we've gotten regular we've gotten now into into sneezing it, it went a place that i was not expecting because i guess a thing that a, that a few people have said in maybe in these emails but on the forums as well is that people with photic sneezing are often the people who find sneezing pleasurable instead of frustrating oh yeah it's i mean sneezing is great um which well, yeah which 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 makes what i was thinking tough because i i hadn't put those two things together but what i was what i was thinking about was if there really is a fifth of the population that's affected by this which is the number that i mm. saw when i saw photic sneezing like and about a fifth us. of people are somewhere on the on the on the photic sneezing scale uh, i think or it, the I, piss i think it also varies by <laughs> ethnicity in the way that okay very some genetic traits do like some sort of superficial traits it's just it's surprising that there isn't that there aren't any sort of workarounds or concessions made for this being a thing that happens to people. <laughs> you mean just in society? Yeah, like, like what? If, if anything else just randomly medically affected a fifth of the population. I mean, I guess th I think the way that, I think the way that women's health is treated disproves your theory about this. But I, I was going to say, especially given that it does that it seems to uh, right, it affects men as well. Yes, yeah. Mm. There's plenty of white men who are photic sneezers, but maybe they derive pleasure from it, so it's fine. It's their silent secret. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think part of it is that it is in fact enjoyable for many people. Yeah. Okay. Well. <laughs> I can't now talk about this without thinking of the fucking sex version. I know. Of it. I yeah. say anything. This is how we how we suppress all of you shitty sneezers as we make it into a weird pervy thing. <laughs> the, so the stupid thing that I that my brain jumped to to this when it comes to like involuntary action to sensory input mm -hmm. is the theme song to Law and Order. And the fact what? that it makes Wait, most... what are you talking about? Okay, you know the theme song to Law and Order? It, it's just... And then like the guitar going... Yeah, so... Yeah, it covers it all. When a dog hears the theme song to Law and Order, it goes apeshit. Did you did you guys know this? Yes. Oh, I didn't know that. Is that a thing? I've seen one video of a dog doing this. Is this common with... Uh, yeah, this is <laughs> this is the most real, real thing. Uh, I have I have a twenty four video YouTube playlist, oh but God. I won't play all of them.
just linked the playlist. Yeah. Yeah. Of this. Oh, that's yeah. We just linked the playlist. That is bizarre. Yes. What's weird is I I, I really fully expected it to be for them to all go apeshit at a specific point or yeah, at least start at a specific point this, but it seems like right off the bat this became such a weird meme like there was one or one dog video went up and then uh-huh. that got written up a bunch and yeah. then a bunch of like and then people went oh actually someone had uploaded because it's YouTube three years before this someone uploaded their dog doing it and then a bunch of people decided to test it on their dogs and the law and order but it's not like it's not always when the guitar comes in it's not always when the flute comes in it's not always when the ball comes in it's just like Different dogs. I wonder Does anyone like analyze the track? Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Yeah, because the, yeah, uh, I don't. I don't think people have managed to find like the the exact piece through isolation because the different articles that I've read have had people be like, "Oh, dogs don't like high frequency noise," and someone's like, "Oh, well, it's definitely the vibration of the low notes of the ba ba," and then some people are like, "Well, it's the guitar." <laughs> so. I mean, there there's is probably something, a, there probably is a canonical. There's answer, definitely but. something about the Law and Order theme in general because I remember when I was in in high school, my friend Tyler, who was the drummer in in uh, my band, he when you played beneath that poster that you had, yeah, yeah. Uh, that was in college. But oh, oh uh, yeah, sorry, uh, that's fine. <laughs> um, uh, we in spirit, you did. My friend Kenny, who played bass with us, he he and I would would sometimes like jam out to the Law and Order theme because we thought it was funny. Because it is. Because it is. And Tyler just fucking hated it. Like, he could not stand to hear so go, the, law, <laughs> the Law and Order theme. He just, it was like repulsive to him on some sort of existential level. There is something about the sound of the Law and Order theme right. that does something to like organic beings, I think. God, if only I had Law and Order induced sneezing. You'd like, be sneezing all the goddamn time. That would be if great because I could just go to YouTube and put that in there. You could just watch the dog's uh, barking playlist, but then every time the dog barks, you'd sneeze. But then you would develop a weird thing where dog barking made you sneeze, <laughs> and then you would be super stoked. See, again, I can't now stop conflating this with the sex sneeze, and every version of it sounds terrible. Well, yeah, you would also develop all sorts of fetishes that you would not confess oh. to anyone, despite how sort of forthcoming about yourself you've become as a podcast host <laughs> yeah oh horrible this is really putting a damper i got a bad case of cysts of sneezing oh i don't it's man i hate all of this <laughs> so i actually just found something uh on the internet that i i think credibly explains this this dog law and order thing ah, i look um, forward to this credible information yes, from the internet uh, yes they love it Oh, that's what the composer of the Law and Order theme said, by the way. And the article that I read was like, well, if dogs, I mean, anyone liking your music is great. And if those dogs are happy, then I'm happy. <laughs> weird. What? Always happy to have a new fan. Like, what? Yeah, what a weird. So that's uh, what you found, right? This is an MSNBC article that quotes uh, Peter Borschelt. So this is going to animal... be like leftist propaganda yes. about the Law and Order mm-hmm. dog barking. Uh, it's an animal behaviorist. He's an animal behaviorist in New York City. He says, the social synchrony that comes with joining in the howl feels good it's an ancestral um uh sort of ah, like like a wolf like it's like yeah, a based in, it's based in wolves. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and he says well wolves will sometimes howl at non-wolf sounds like a clarinet and so they they actually like learn this behavior celebrity dog wrangler wendy diamond rules out the idea that dogs are hearing a pitch in the theme that humans can't televisions are limited in their range she says, and what she's saying is that they're actually just be- becoming conditioned by the opening notes of the show, and they run over and start howling because they have these like ancestral wolf. Oh, so it's that thing. like at some like there's the howl at some point in the thing. Yeah, but once they've heard it a few times, then they go, "Oh, then, it's like, that they thing." Hear the and beginning then, part yeah. of it, the like I know what's order. coming next. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's the thing we all howl at. So, which what is the howl part? Um, it's 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 a group dynamic, I guess. No, no, uh, but I mean, what is the musical element that? Oh, Nick, Nick is saying that it might actually be different per dog because it has something yeah. in it that evokes the feeling of howling. But yeah. then, like dogs end up oh. reading so the Law and Order theme as like, this is the pack getting wild. So it's riled just up. the vibe of the Law and Order theme. It's not even like one instrument. It's like a it it's might like, be one it's instrument, a but Dick yeah. Wolf production. Is oh my god, it's a Dick Wolf production. Oh, for God's sakes! What? It's the howl of Dick <laughs> no, Wolf. I know. Amazing. Yeah. They recognize. <laughs> they recognize one of their own. One of their yeah, common ancestors. We were all wolves Jesus once. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and then Dick Wolf says, "I still am." <laughs> 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 okay. Well, shall we do some endorsements? Yes. Yeah. Right. Nick, what are you endorsing? Uh, I'm going to endorse uh, an old YouTube series that I guess is probably still running. Um, oh, really? 
but uh, you were talking about Led Zeppelin and mm-hmm. uh, just, like rock music came up a few times in this episode. Reminded me of the classic uh, YouTube series that is run by a guy, I guess by the... I guess the moniker, his moniker is Saint Sanders. Oh, that's which is, oh. that's been pulled from YouTube for years, but you can still find it online. Okay, I think the he has shred, a website where he has videos. them. Yeah, yeah, but there's it's the it's the Shreds series of videos yeah. by Saint Sanders, which I think yeah, he has S- a website. S- S- St. Yeah. Sanders. St. Sanders, and I think I think it's stsanders.com. He oh, takes he so takes good. just like you know uh, bands that that you know are are sort of at the top of of uh, their. I don't know. Like basically, just he'll take like a Led Zeppelin like live took, show or or you know usually uh, very guitar yeah like, bands the kinds of bands that would have a of? big guitar solo yeah like he had a Metallica one might have been Van the first Halen one I and saw. stuff like yeah, that Van Halen you know, yeah people who are like, just like really flamboyant on stage yeah uh, as they're playing guitar and then he dubs over that with him just f- playing as if like he's a child that doesn't know how to play guitar but <laughs> yeah. but but, but skillfully though like in a way that is incredibly hilarious that like if you just handed a guitar to a child it wouldn't it has, he's doing it basically in time with the yeah, video every time that it, they sort of move around appear. on a fret or actually pluck a string yeah. he lines up with that but it's going yeah, bleh, bleh, bleh. yeah. so it and, just sounds like he, they're like and if, if they open their mouths he just goes what's funny is that he follows the camera as though yes. whatever the camera is on is the only thing that's making sound it's right just, the whole thing is really funny yeah, you're right that he has a website that has links to this stuff. If you go to stsanders.com, yep, man, good sure. pull. The Shreds videos, great. Yeah, no, yeah. I love them. I am going to endorse um, an iOS game called A Dark Room. Oh man, nice. Yeah, this is I I love this thing. I only lo- this is years after it's been released. I I had I only found out about it this week. Our friend Sean mentioned it to me and. Um, didn't tell me much about it, which I I think is correct. So I'm not going to share a lot of details about it. It's 99 cents. You can get it on the App Store. I'm not sure if it's available on Android. I think it might just be iOS. Um, but it's called A Dark Room, and it starts with almost nothing. And apparently some people who get this game think they've been ripped off or something because there's so little to it. Just stick with it. Just keep going. I guarantee it will become bigger and more interesting and subtle and uh, deep than than you are expecting. And it's just a great experience. It's only 99 cents. So what do you have to lose? It's called A Dark Room, and you can get it on the iOS App Store. Nice. Jake? I don't feel like I've recommended a lot of home, life-enriching, uh, cheesy products on this show. Uh-huh. But I'm going to definitely dive headfirst into that now. Um, and I'm going to recommend... I feel bad about it. I'm going to recommend a paper towel holder. <laughs> oh, <laughs> paper, I saw everyone this. has paper towel holders. Oh, this one's so good. Okay, it's <laughs> okay. This is the most. Yeah. Okay. Uh, it's uh, it's 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 a. Wait. So you're saying you're you're not recommending? I'm paper, recommending. A, see, I'm recommending the Kevinstein yeah. Perfect Tear <laughs> paper towel holder. Jesus Christ. <laughs> it's a paper towel holder. How do you spell that? Uh, Kamenstein? K-A-M-E-N-S-T-E-I-N. Ah, the Kamenstein. Yes. Some some of you might have grown up knowing it as the Kamenstein uh, paper, yeah. towel, paper towel holder. But, um, we'll link to it in the description. Yes. Of the, <clears throat> I've never... Okay. The way... The thing, there's a couple stupid things that... Like, it has a weighted base so your paper towel thing doesn't uh-huh. fall over when you tear it. Whatever. <laughs> the thing about it that I... That I that I hate that I love uh-huh. is that it has a satisfying <laughs> click uh-huh. when you pull like it's ratcheted. Uh-huh. So when you So it goes like tick 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 tick? Yeah. So like or if you pull like a paper towels off fast it goes zzz. <laughs> oh, it's like it's Yeah, I can see why this I can imagine why this is good. It's it's so here, I actually have I recorded audio. Oh of god. It. Wait, you you yourself Listen. Oh god, oh, that's, that's very good. Oh, it's so satisfying, and then you can just yeah. tear it right off. I hate that I love it. I I was it's staying, like a good sneeze. I was, I was oh, gross, disgusting. I was staying at a house that had one of these, and I posted that video kind of as a joke to Twitter because I was like, God, this is the most like 
from a like crunchy user interaction, like user experience design standpoint, what a good paper towel towel holder. And then I fucking bought it on Amazon because <laughs> someone linked to me that it that it's a, that it was on Amazon Prime. And then yeah. I went, oh, I'm the worst. And I pressed the I'm the worst yeah. button. And then the next day, I had a clicking <laughs> paper towel holder in my house, and I um I hate myself, I but mean, I love my paper towel holder. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So it's the Kamenstein something something fucking just search click for master 2000 click master 2000 it's the perfect tear paper towel holder anyway patrick r if you're listening that endorsement was for you all right <laughs> i don't know what that means but thank you for listening to this episode of important if true um we will be back next week but in the meantime if you have any questions for us you need our consultation on anything you can send email to questions at important if true dot com we also have a patreon campaign if you would like to get an ad free version of this podcast and i want to apologize that it's that we are a little late with our rewards this month including the postcards but we are in the process of getting those printed and sent right now Uh, in fact by the time you hear this um they'll probably already have been sent out and we are way ahead of schedule on the next month so um we promise this will not happen again next month i apologize and i am as I keep saying, I am increasingly excited about the crazy branching story Nick is writing for these postcards because it's it's getting very good. Um, anyway, if you want to support that, you can do so at patreon.com slash idle thumbs. And we really appreciate everyone who already has done so. And uh, you can find us on the Internet at importantiftrue.com, which has links to all the other places you can find us. For idle thumbs, I am Chris Remo. I'm Nick Brecken. I'm Jake Rodkin. Don't stay, stay spicy. Keep on sneezing. God. I hate it. Anyway, this is how you do a good podcast. Yeah, yeah no. No. You've come to the right place yeah. for good podcast advice. <laughs> oh.